Right. It is 2A Tuesday, so we'll be talking to Dewey in just a little bit. And tomorrow is the Upstate Warrior Solution uh, remote, which I'm looking forward to. I, I, I was thinking about, well, this is my first remote, but I do the show remote every day. So, <laughs> But this time I'll be surrounded by people. That'll be cool. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And, uh, hey, podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Elon Musk. I could I could see a president Elon Musk. I don't know if he can or not. I don't think he I don't think he can uh I'm I'm not sure about that, but I I could see it. Because the left is very fixated on him. And that is always entertaining for me. Because you see he's turned into a bad guy. And anytime the left identifies somebody as a bad guy, this is a guy that needs to be controlled. So then we have Ronan Farrow. And he did a very long piece for the New Yorker calling for just that. But he didn't get the response he thought he would. Uh... Somebody named Ann Althaus, she has a blog, and she slices up a quote from the Pharaoh piece and then watches the responses. And the, the, the slice was, Musk has become a hyper-exposed pop culture figure and his sharp turns from altruistic to vainglorious, strategic to impulsive, have been the subject of innumerable articles. And at least seven major books. By the, but the nature and the scope of his power are less widely understood. More than 30 of Musk's current and former colleagues in various industries and a dozen individuals in his personal life spoke to me about their experiences with him. Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, with whom Musk has both worked and sparred, told me Elon desperately wants the world to be saved, but only if he can be the one to save it. The name of the article is Elon Musk's Shadow Rule slash How the U.S. Government Came to Rely on the Tech Billionaire and is Now Struggling to Rein Him In. And so, let Twitter go. I, I know he's born in South Africa. I just don't know if he, uh, as a naturalized citizen, if he can run for president or not. I don't think he can. I should know that, but I don't. So, Musk has been clickbait for at least five years. And like Trump, the experts pretend to understand him. One person called this Ronan's Me Too hit piece. Somebody gets out there about the quote, Elon desperately wants the world to be saved. Funny, you could say the very same thing about every purple-haired, pierced septum adolescent in the New Yorker, New York Times, and J School in this country. That's just the first three. Here's one that's really nice. Is it the U.S. government's job to rein people in? Apparently, the New Yorker thinks so. Original Mike said, some people who know Musk well still struggle to make sense of his political shift. Well, being manhandled by government bullies will do that to you. <laughs> and this pretty much well outlines the scope of the problem with this uh, little, this little ditty. 
I'm being told he can't. I kind of thought he couldn't. That's why Schwarzenegger can't be either. He's another naturalized citizen. You know, he'd be president if he could. But this is just comments. And comments are becoming more and more a part of a journalistic piece. The whole premise of what he wrote was that the government wanted to control him, but they always ended up looking like, you know, the wily e. Coyote. And they open with an interview of the uber deep stater Colin Call. And he wanted Musk to pay for Ukraine's $400 million internet service for its troops in the field instead of the Pentagon paying for it. But it never occurs to Call or any of them that maybe they should pay for this service if it's so important to them. Then there's this gushy section on General Mark Milton. Wait, was that meant for me? Okay. Then there was this section on Mark Milley, who along with Call served as one of the architects of the Afghanistan pullout, with uh, Farrow missing the fact that maybe something is wrong with the picture. When you got these incompetents calling the shots on that let alone on Musk. And he makes out like they have some, some sort of claim on him. They, they, they worry about Musk talking with Vladimir Putin. Maybe modifying his stance because of it. Pharaoh left out the despicable behavior of the Ukrainian officials when Musk so much broached the topic of negotiation with Russia. But this whole thing gets the premise wrong and nevertheless is very engagingly written. Like the, you know, and it goes into all the wrangles that he's been involved with, with the FAA interfering with his SpaceX rocket launches, his Twitter purchase. That really upset him. The Tesla factory COVID lockdowns that he protested in California and then pulled his manufacturing operation over to Texas. I thought that was a splendid move. And he leaves out the despicable behavior of the California state officials who insisted on lockdowns in his description of what happened. But we all know about it. He didn't get into the latest harassment of Musk brought on by the DOJ, you know, where he's being sued for hiring too many American citizens at SpaceX. See, he doesn't have enough of the data to get out there and actually lie about it well. But he did show how entitled the government feels to control him as he brings one innovation after another to the market and how many times they've tried to do it. The list is long. See, as far as the electric car is concerned, I would not be surprised if Musk does not figure out the battery issue. Because for me, that's what it's about. It's about the battery issue. I would not be surprised if he does not come out with some really radical um, hybrid of some sort. But as far as Fire is concerned, this was not what he was actually after. He wanted to portray him as some sort of wild animal in need of taming. And big government is just the guy to do it. But they don't see an entrepreneur or a visionary. They see a problem to rein in. And that's a fundamental misunderstanding of Musk and people at Trump, same way. And no wonder that Musk keeps on winning. It's very hard to discredit a guy like him. 
because he, he is so mentally agile. The mental agility, when, when, he's being, when he's being interviewed and he takes that time to answer the question one time, that's splendid. Splendid. Well, next up, we're going to talk to Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop. It is 2A Tuesday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I always like 2A Tuesday. That's always fun. And joining me now from Dewey's Pawn Shop is Dewey Lemons. Good afternoon, or good morning. I never get this right. Uh, how's it going? Um, almost lunchtime. Almost, almost lunchtime. Almost doing lunchtime. good. How are you getting along? I'm good. How's business? We're doing good. We're doing good. A lot of, a lot of dove hunters getting ready for dove season, so... Things are starting to pick up. It's something really good this year. 16 gauges are, are starting to sell. I got a few people coming in and wanting 16 gauge shotguns to shoot them doves with. That's that's good to see that gauge coming back. Now, for the uninitiated, what are the difference in the gauges between the 12, the 20, the 16? What, what's what's the difference in the gauges? Well, your your 12, well, yeah, you know, they started years. You know, they even had eight gauges, but. Um, you know, an eight gauge is, is big old thing. And then you got 10 gauges, which they still make some 10 gauges, which are huge. And then you got the 12 gauge, which is the most popular 16 gauge is a little bit smaller. And then you got 20 gauge is a little bit smaller. And then you got 28 gauge is a little bit smaller. And then you got the 410 and, um, that's the most popular, you know, those, the 410 to the 12 gauge is by far the most popular gauges. And, 20 gauge and 12 gauge are the most popular, but um, yeah, 16 gauge is making a good little comeback. You know, they're they're really fun to shoot. And, um, of course, 410, 410 shows up in all kinds of platforms, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Four, 410, you know, is not much bigger than a 44, about the same as a 44 or 45. So you got the you got the revolvers that shoot the 410 and the 45 long colt at the same time. You know, they'll shoot either one of them. And you got uh, you got lever action guns and you got shotguns. And oh, yeah. Does anybody uh, make a pump shotgun that runs four ten? You know what? Yeah, they do. the The pumps are still popular. I, I sold a couple of youth models. We 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 got a lot of youth guns in this year, and I sold a couple of those yesterday in uh, in twenty gauges. I think it was one Browning and a, a Remington twenty gauge youth models we sold yesterday. So um, for some dove for some young dove shooters. Yeah. So that that's a good thing. Yep, we getting them, getting ready for dove where, season. That's so good. where where does someone go? Where does someone go around when when you go dove hunting? Where do you go? You just find a field and look for the. Where do the doves? Where are the doves at? There are some public fields. They do public fields still. Um, I don't know where they are. I haven't. I've never done them myself. Um, most of the people I know have private farms and they plant their own fields on private property. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of places. I mean, I I got a buddy who doesn't even plant. He plants for deer and his cows, and he had he said he had a couple hundred doves in his pastures this past weekend. You know, he said it was he was covered up with doves, and he doesn't even plant for me anything. He just does for deer and cows, and he loves his turkeys too. He plants for turkeys. How many people are showing up nowadays looking for a handgun to carry? Oh, that's an everyday thing. Oh, yes, yeah. that's, that's an everyday. Yeah, we hand handguns are always going to be the 
number one sellers. I mean, I, you know, that's something we got sales like right now. I got Sig Sauer pistols, nine millimeters for three ninety five. Which one? You know, and I'm, um, the three twenty. Yeah, I got a three twenty. Yeah, and I got Smith and Wesson nine millimeters for two sixty nine. You know, so we handguns are going to always be the the number one seller because everybody you know wants a handgun and can shoot a handgun. You know, not everybody wants to go hunting and shoot you know shoot birds or stuff like that. But um, now, one thing you know, Dewey has Dewey has this cool, he's got this cool thing right outside of the shop. He's got a tractor trailer or just a trailer from a tractor trailer converted into a fire, two lane firing range. So if somebody yeah. wants to go take a couple of shots with a gun, do they have to buy it first before they take shots or do they can they buy take shots before we, they buy? We we can we if it's a, if it's a used gun and it's not some kind of rare classic or something like that, yeah, we'll rent it to them or let them shoot it first, yeah. Yeah. That's always We, we a, sell a lot of used firearms. That that is a that is a I, I mean that of of all things I've I've I'd heard of those. I never seen one till I've been inside yours. Oh, it's cool. The um, the first ones that they developed those things for the military up in um, at the naval base up in Maryland, I think's where it was. Right. And um, they they had the government said, okay, this is where y'all can build y'all's new shooting range up here for the navy up here. And the construction people said, hey, we can't build on this piece of property. You're gonna have to do something else. So they came up with these these concealed tainer, containers, you know, and. <laughs> The man, the man who started it, um, he was in the um, container business, and his son was in the air conditioner business. So they got together and they developed those things, and they they did great with it. I mean, they're they're all over the U.S. now. They've sold I don't know how many of them things they've sold. Those guys are sitting on a beach somewhere getting a check every quarter. No, hey, they sold the business. Um, the people who bought it didn't do good with it. They bought it back for half the price and built it back up again. <laughs> I mean. It's, <laughs> Anyway, the, the the thing is soundproof, and it also I, there, no rounds escape that, right? Oh yeah, no, no, no rounds can get out of there. That's the way and, it's designed, and they developed it. Um, the bu- the bullets go down range and go right into a trap and fall in a bucket. The key thing about an indoor range is like building an indoor range on a brick and mortar place. You're spending so much money on the ventilation because you can't have. Uh, do you remember Big Ed that used to have the, the indoor range? I certainly on? do. We were yeah. talking about him this morning. Big Ed was a police officer. He had the, he had an indoor range on Poinsett, I yep. believe it was. And uh, this is before City Arsenal was on. The, he was on the opposite side of the road. He didn't have a ventilation system, and he contracted COPD so bad his lungs would not expand anymore from all of that yeah. lead that he, he was inhaling all that lead in the – because he was one going down there and cleaning out the impact area. So nowadays, uh, they they try to take care of that. So having that and having a beautiful filtration oh, man, you, system, yeah, you got to have it. It's got to be, it's got to be, you know, EPA, DEA, ABC. It's got to be approved by everybody now. Everybody, you gotta everybody. Have, you got to have everybody approve those things now before you can open one up. Yeah, so real strict on what what does I, I'm curious about this when you go into Dewey's. First things first is there's a sign that says, come get the free money. And then it says, now that we got your intention, don't bring a loaded gun in here to sell to us. Ah, yeah. Something got, to those words. We got, those effects. We got but, people coming in here with loaded guns, and they throw them up on the counter and said, I want to sell this. You know, <laughs> I had I had one lady came in. She had a muzzleloader now. Now, get this. This was a muzzleloader. Yeah. But she brought the muzzleloader in, laid it on the counter. It had a cap 
on the nipple. Oh, no. It was caught and it was loaded. It had a full charge in it. <laughs> and she she had no idea. She just laid the thing on the counter and said said I need to get rid of this. My husband left this and I don't I don't need this thing. But I mean it had a cap on it and it was cocked with a full load in it. Right. I'm being asked if the P P three twenty that is on sale, is it the seventeen or the eighteen, the military one, or is it just the civilian one? It is the standard model, I believe. We've, we've sold a couple of them already. The full I think size. The one, the one that's out there now, I think, is the full size, yes. Yeah. They want to know what is the Freddy discount at Dewey's today. <laughs> that, that is, those are, those are Freddy discounted right there. Yeah, that, yeah. That, what is it they got there? They got the Smith & Wesson and those SIGs. Those are really great deals on those. But, yeah, if you want to buy something else, we'll come up with a Freddy discount for you. I promise you that. We we sold a couple this weekend. And have they, you? Right, they bought up Bill Freddy, so I gave uh, him a discount. Okay. Uh, do you Have you seen the Springfield Armory Prodigy? Has that come through there? You know, that's the that's the cheaper oh, yeah, staccato. Oh, Yeah. You got yeah, any in there right now? I think we do have some in inventory. Yep. I haven't ever held one of those. I'm, next time I come in, point that out. So uh, you need it. to come over and put your hands on one of those. Those are pretty cool. They're they're a big, wide body. Yeah, but I mean, you've held staccatos. I brought staccatos in there and sold them to you. Which do you prefer? I think the Prodigy is a good bit heavier. It's cheaper, but it's. I, I've heard people tell me that to get it to the staccato, you'd have to spend like twenty three hundred dollars on it just to get it to where the staccato is for. You know. Man, I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't messed with them that much to. To, to put my two cent in worth on. Put that. your two cents both, in worth. Both, yeah, both guns are good guns. I know that. I know now, that. do you ever take Fred Cooper hunting? No, I have not taken him hunting um, in a long, long time. Yeah. And I, I hunted. I hunted at his place years ago. I hadn't been down there hunting since then. And he's gone out with me one time down there. But uh, he's not a big hunter. He enjoys. He enjoys his farm, and you know. But he's not a big hunter. Well, he works out three times a, a week, so he could probably put both of you and me under the table with just about anything oh, yeah, he wanted he to can do. Go. Yes, go check out Dewey at Dewey's Pawn Shop. He's got something. Whatever it is, he's got one of them. If you're looking for a firearm, check him out. Bring up the Freddy discount. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Come see us. Dewey's Pawn Shop. 2A Tuesday. I enjoy it. When we get back, the outrage is real. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Before, before Sherlock Holmes said it, Shakespeare said it, Pac-Man said it afterwards, the game's afoot. Right now, they're sitting back on the Democrats on the Democratic side, and they're reveling in what they got going on, which is fun, fun for me to watch. Uh, the GS, or no, excuse me, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307, streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, podcast available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. The earth under their feet is beginning to come apart. They're consumed by their own arrogance. The, the, the left is very much about money. Very much about money. After the gladiator-like mugshot 
heard around the world. The Democrats uh, fundraised $450,000 with, with Biden. In the same time frame, Trump the felon notched over $7 million. I kind of think that they weren't anticipating that. But in all their scheming and plotting, they forgot one basic axiom of politics. You got to avoid the boomerang. The boomerang in this case being that there are not only blue states with double digit IQ fascist running things, there's red states where the inner cities aren't broken, where the mayors allow their district attorneys to prosecute criminals. The attorneys general actually follow the law, know the law, and they follow it. They don't invent and project crimes on their opponents, they don't corrupt the federal government or. To, you know, to try to imprison a political opponent. They don't cry RICO when the true RICO crime boss is one of their own. They're not using political position as a global piggy bank. Right now, the howls are being heard in Maui, where the FEMA personnel are they're there to assist Americans whose lives have been financially destroyed, but they're holed up at the Four Seasons, taking equity courses on white man bad. And... There is a white man who knows how to handle a disaster because he annually confronts them. This is, of course, a white man and Republican presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis. But Hawaii being a blue state, they didn't seek out his expertise. But isn't this a redundancy, you know, the teaching of an equity course? Don't the victims of white oppression running the government hold off fighting a fire with water for five freaking hours in the name of equity? And they don't want to impose a proper fire aversion tactic, you know, as, as one might. <laughs> because of the climate change. The real victims of Maui, the homeless and those use, losing loved ones, which is basically everybody there, uh, they're not fooled. Their game is afoot. Vivek Ramaswamy, who I admit I look at with a very jaundiced eye. Just because he took money from Soros early on, but he's, he's, he's uh, you know, there's a video out about him now where he was going after, uh, gosh, his name just left me. But it was when he was 18 years old. He seems to have been always of this free thinking type which i like a free thinker i gotta say that and he he he, uh, he came out on the squad on cnn and came out of that interview exchange like rocky on steroids then there was the jesse waters he had an august 28th segment on fox news and many black americans were interviewed and almost all said they were through with the democrat party and they they admitted what Republicans have been stating for a very long time, which is the Democrats take the black American vote for granted. And they never deliver on any promise at all. And the best thing to do for anybody in the United States is pave the way for economic prosperity and get out of the way. Then the coffers of the, you know, the taxpayer coffers are flooded. It's always good. It's always a boon for revenue going into the government, but they don't want to do that. Democrat policies have left black Americans in broken inner cities with no protection from crime, failing schools, little opportunity. They give single mothers more money than households with a man. 
And the black American family has always been a very proud, proud thing to behold. And many spoke of identifying with Trump's prosecution. See, while the left's out there calling me and you the man, they're actually the man. They are the man. And the man has done to black Americans what the man is now doing to Trump. And they state that things were better under Trump. His policies worked. Gas was cheaper. And they had more money in their pocket. Completely unbidden. Without any sort of an idea where public opinion might be headed. Biden, the buffoon, got out there and said that masks were making a comeback and a new and improved vaccine was being ready. Because there's another election coming. Be afraid again. Don't go out. Don't do anything. Let's just let everything collapse. Because it's limitless, that big pile of money. Limitless. The outrage is beginning. The game is afoot. And, uh, well, you know. America is taking the sum of all the parts they see out there, and they see one commonality, which is the two-tiered justice system. And this is worrying for a lot of people because they look at what they're doing to Trump, which, you know, Trump's a billionaire. He can afford a lot of things. He can afford a lot of legal defense. And they're looking at everything happening to him. Every time, it's, it's like a drinking game now. Every time Biden has a misstep or they find out something new, which they just found out something uh, regarding Weiss, but it's so uh, so entrenched in legalese. I couldn't really make out what was going on with it. I, I see sort of uh, the basis behind it, but I need to have a consultation. But having said all of that, every time something happens to Biden, then another Trump indictment comes out. And it's, it's literally becoming a drinking game. By this time, we would all be sloshed. <laughs> we would all be sloshed by this time. So... You know, as we as we get ready to go away, let's 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 put one thing to bed really quick, okay? Because I'm absolutely, you know, I don't see racism in the United States. A lot of people cry it all the time, but I don't see it. I do not see it. I got asked a question in the chat room. We'll talk about that. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. One thing is a fact in this world, and it's always been a fact, in this world, evil exists. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The show is streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and is available as a podcast on the free Odyssey app. When some monster goes out and kills people, that's horrible. And it happens all the time. Different motivations. There's really nothing people can do to squash it except fight back when it happens, if they can, if they're in a position to do so. And so we try to prevent more of its creation, but we have to do it with the person that's actually trying to perpetrate it upon us. How we react to it is key. And it's very telling. Now, this, this cat in Jacksonville, 
He probably killed these people because their skin was black. For the people who lost a loved one, there's two things that are absolutely positively a fact. Uh, motive doesn't matter to them, and there is no closure. Now, right now, the story is about that. Democrats and the media, which is the same, they are pigs in the mud with this story. They love anything that empowers them to belch out one of their favorite phrases, which is that we are fundamentally racist. And that's the only reason these murders have gotten any national media attention. The first three words in the Reuters story were a white man trying to stoke that outrage. When the victims line up in a way, they find appealing. This is the way, this is the hierarchy of the food pyramid of victimhood. And at the top sits attractive white women. Whether they're victims or perps doesn't much matter. If one, if one of them disappears, teams of reporters will be dispatched over that. Whatever you got, as long as she's good enough looking and have some bathing suit shots in the Instagram account. Like the horrible murder of Gabby Petito by her dirtbag boyfriend. First of all, Joy Reid got out there and she gave a lecture on how the media only covered it because she was white and then she proceeded to cover it. She also did a segment on how the media, which is leftist, didn't cover missing black and native women. Then she never talked about it again. She's, she has a TV show. It is an awful one, but she, you know, if she wants to address something, the only thing stopping her is herself. It's almost like the media people are full of it. After the cute white women on the outrage pyramid sits the black victim and the white perpetrator. If the purpose of police officer even if they're black, they become white in the, in the way George Zimmerman became a white Hispanic. Because the media need him to be that way, whoever it is. And after that, there's nothing. No other crime matters to the left because they can't be used. Like the black-on-black -black slaughter happening in major Democrat-controlled cities. That doesn't matter. It's not worth reporting on. The MS-13 is a bogeyman of the right than a group terrorizing people because the Democrats don't care. Have you ever heard of Andre Longmore? I never had. But hey, he was a man who, for reasons that remain a mystery to this day, murdered four seemingly random people in Georgia on a killing spree because they happened to live near each other. Mr. Longmore was black. All of his victims were white. You would be very hard-pressed to find any story out of Georgia that mentions the race of the victims of the perpetrator. It's like the concept doesn't exist. One local TV report declared a motive that may never be known, but there was zero speculation on the coverage. And the police chief in a moment that should have caused some genuine outrage said uh, that the victims declared uh, the mother of a victim to declared the victim's mother a victim to because she'd lost her son. And if anyone said this about the monster in Florida, the pitchforks and the torches would, from the media would light the night sky. It's not about the melanin. Evil people of all stripes walk the streets here in the United States today. Some are white, some are black, some are Asian, some are Hispanic, Eastern Europeans. I mean... Western Europeans, 
Middle Eastern. I mean, they're all over. And it has nothing to do really with who or what they are. It has everything to do with the way they interpret what they are. And the Democrats only care about these tragedies if it gets them some mileage. They dance on the graves every chance they get. They tap dance in the blood. And they demand you and I be accountable for it. We're, we're innocent of this. We've not broken any law, but we have to have our rights curtailed. Tragedy's a tragedy. There is no discerning parameter in there beside that. Anyone who tells you differently is trying to manipulate you. I'll be back in 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.